three, two, one. Welcome to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, and we're here yet again with Robert, the SoCal Seahawk, Matthew Page, and your host, your man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet, oh, to be sour, Brian, the Soul Man Solak. How about them Jets, huh? J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> happy, happy holidays, Seattle Sports Union Nation. How you guys doing? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good, considering we're, uh, we're, we're, we did well. We did, we did very well. Yes, we did. How's Abraham? Are you I'm, live there? I'm styling, I'm profiling, and before you start the old age jokes, by the way, Brian the Soul Man Solak, Space Mountain may be the oldest ride, but it's got the longest line. <laughs> well said, well said. Um, normally we start out with the little Seahawks, but let's save the best for the last. We're going to talk some minor league baseball to start out. Um, we, this morning we got this inner office memo from one Matthew Page. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to read it real quick and then oh. I'd love to hear Matthew's thoughts and then we'll go from there. Uh, I mean, as you guys all know, we last week we ended with an argument between Matthew Page and Abraham Deweese, and we thought we'd you know follow up with it a week later, see if they're they're buddies again. So it wasn't really an happens. argument. Matt just decided to make fallacious, illogical <laughs> statements, and uh, I chose to show him where he's wrong. And somehow I wound up on the side of evil. But okay. A- anyways, let's go to the inner office memo real quick here, and then we'll go from there. From Matthew Page. So I ended my soapbox speech last week by posing this question, and I wanted to touch base tonight. Um, MLB pays for the largest developmental system of the major four sports in the USA. They also only get a 10% return on that investment. It's to their benefit to seek efficiency in the model and change it up. This would save money, but also allow them to spend more time on the players that have real chances to make the majors more one-on-one time with coaches, win-win. Obviously, this sucks for the other 45-plus teams that got kicked to the curb. Uh, you were, we were talking, you were talking to Congress about suspending the laws, protecting them as punishment. But here's the question: How should they have proceeded? Should they have, should they have, be forced to carry an extra thousand players on payroll when they don't have a single shot at making the club? There's only so many slots at MLB level. Why can't they, as a corporation, first and foremost, seek to improve their supply chain? Matthew Page, you <laughs> sent this out. What What are your thoughts? Uh, well, yeah. It's a, first of all, uh, for for anyone who doesn't know me uh, personally, that the it's very strange for me to argue in the uh, in the direction of four capitalism or four companies i'm i'm pretty anti-capitalist uh uh personally but in this particular situation i can absolutely see the argument i just wanted to know what you guys thought um regarding you know how how could they have done this legally how could they have done this or or you know in your mind legally how could they have done this uh in, in a way that that you don't you, you know you don't object to it because you know they've taken the extra steps. They're helping set up the Woodbat Draft League in the Appalachians. 
They're they're helping the the Dream League in in the Pioneer area. Uh, they're doing things they don't have to do by contract. The contract was up, and they were free to walk away from these teams. And that's all they did was they exercised their legal right. Nothing they did was technically illegal in any way. It's there's the moral question, and there's the you know terrible question that the you know it's crushing some of these smaller towns and smaller teams and franchises and stuff. But from a legal standpoint, obviously, I think they were on good footing. And and the real the real thing is is like I said, they you know right now it's incredibly inefficient, and they get for their investment of a thousand or so players in each in each team's system. They you know they get like you know, maybe 3% to 5% of those guys actually make it to the actual majors. The rest of them are called minor league depth, which is another word for these are guys who don't have a chance of making it. And, but they're there so that the five people who are on the roster have other people to play with and to work with to, while they refine their craft. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it's, it's the harsh truth, but it's like that in every other sport. Uh, you know, the, the top 1% only really make it to the, the pros. Uh, so, you know, this, this way they're refining, they're refining that method. They're getting more, uh, more one-on-one time with the potential prospects and they're getting, they're getting a better return on investment, uh, to use the, you know, to use the business term. Uh, and, and like I said, supply chain is another, <laughs> another, another business term right there as a corporation. They, they have the right to, to try and make it a little more efficient because things had not changed and only had grown a lot more big and, and, and bloated and, and, and organizations and so forth since the, you know, the, the late 30s and early 40s. It's just only progressively gotten worse. It needed an overhaul. So my question to everyone here was, how should they, uh, how should they have done this in a way that wouldn't, have you calling for Congress to strip them of their legal protections? Uh, before Abraham goes, uh, my, here's my question. How are, I, I, I get what you're saying, but how are they going to, I mean, what about the people like me that are awesome at baseball? I mean, but don't get, you know, put in these leagues that they've, you know, downsized. Are they going to send people out to see people like me and give me a freaking chance? I mean, I, I get why, why they did it, but, well, the the idea right now is that we they used to do about forty rounds in every year in the draft, and mm-hmm. that would fill out their 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 minor league rosters for each year. They're now only going to do I think it's they're going to stop at twenty. Uh, and the idea is is that the the people who would have been drafted in those those last twenty rounds will have opportunities to potentially sign with the independent leagues that are being set up. The, uh, like the one in the pioneer, what the pioneer league is coming, becoming. So they would go and they'd play there and the top of the cream players. I mean, if you, if you go there and you, you know, hit 40 dingers on a season for a team there, they're going to come calling. They're going to notice you. I mean, you're still going to get an opportunity to play. The, the reality, the thing is, is you're not necessarily in the major league system and you're not, they don't have to pay for you, you know? Okay. Well, what about, Bo- I'm sorry, Abraham. I know you want to speak on this, but what about the Pacific Coast League? I hear they're pulling out of this. I mean, is that, no, is they, that a bad were, thing? No, the Pacific Coast League, what they did was they withdrew from the Minor League Baseball Association. Okay. 
which meant that they they had to they had to in order for their teams to sign the agreements it was not it had it, it, they weren't falling out of they weren't pulling out of the the agreement uh to do this they were pulling out of the of the old organization so that they could so that their teams would be free to legally pursue the new situation like Tacoma and uh, the Tacoma what are, what are the Rainiers? Rainiers yeah and, yeah and and all them they, the PCL the, the Pacific Coast League they were just they were just allowing their teams um to uh to 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 step forward. The reason why they did that was there was some legal legal blocks if they were if they were still a member of the MILB. Okay, all right, that makes more sense now from what you said. Abraham, are you ready to respond? Am I ready? Yeah. <laughs> I've been respond, ready. Abraham. What are you talking about, dude? I've been ready for the last effing week. I've been waiting for the opportunity to tell Matthew Page Wait for the last. Yeah, you know what? You had your eight minutes to spout off Matthew Page. Rich Michelson, I see that you're there. Do you have a response? I mean, this is this is me. A little little bit better. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. So, um, you know this. It's good to hear your voices, by the way, guys, especially in a dark and dreary winter. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to your you and yours. But what I was going to say is that this is a like this is a bad deal. Uh, It's great business for Major League Baseball. I got to agree with Matt there. It's a bad deal for the minor league baseball owners, I think, because they're taking on an amount of risk but losing a ton of control. Um, Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball have always been a big brother, little brother, senior partner, junior partner type thing. And this this seems like, you know, like I said, it's a great deal for uh, for Major League Baseball. But they're they're spreading a lot of their business risk out to, you know, the minor league affiliates, but dictating everything uh, in, in a lot of ways, kind of like what uh, McDonald's does with their burger franchises, where they dictate all the rules and you just pony up the cash and run the restaurant and hope that they don't ding you and take away some of your, you know, franchise fee and, and, and profits and whatnot. Understood. How about you, Abraham? Are you back? Am I back? Can everybody hear me now? Yeah, that was weird. I was yelling. I was yelling for the last 10 minutes and nobody wanted to hear me. Uh, Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Normal. You know, <laughs> nobody wanted to hear you. Yeah, that sounds like normal. <laughs> no, I Anyways. don't really understand. And Rich, you took my thunder. Um, what I was, I had two things lined up. I had the Ferengi rules of acquisition okay. lined up, right? You know, because, you know, uh, the, uh, the MLB is operating like the Ferengi in this situation for you Star Trek fans. Um, but then you have to look at this from straight up franchise, uh, a straight up franchise scenario. If I am a restaurateur and if I want to operate in a franchise environment, I have options. And I realize that if I go KFC, KFC is going to tell me you got to cook these foods. You have to do these things and we get X amount of revenue, but you know what? Everything else you get to do whatever you want to do, however you want to advertise that, however you want to market that, what have you, you have some control. And you know what? If KFC does not give me a good option, I'll, I'll franchise with the Wendy's. Maybe I'll open up even my own small mom and pop joint. 
I don't have that in baseball. I don't have an option to, to choose and select. Maybe I, you know, if I'm the, you know, if I'm the uh, Lake Forest Park uh, local baseball team, maybe I can go independent. And that might be your mom and pop joint, but I can't go Wendy's. I can't go McDonald's. I'm stuck with KFC. And KFC sucks. Major League Baseball sucks. The way that they're enforcing these rules suck. And they know that they have the monopoly to force me to take their product or basically be a nobody. But how could, I mean, but at the same time, how could they have done it in a way that makes you not upset in that regard? As I'm saying, like there was no way for well, them to because, take control of their supply, of their supply chain to use the, the business metaphor. Be, uh, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because comrade, co- co- comrade, uh, page, um, no, but you're not pro capitalist. You don't understand capitalism. That is actually your problem. That that this is, is uh, what I've been telling you for the last decade that I've known you, sir. You don't seem to understand the core precepts in that in market in in, in market capitalism, X has value and Y has value, and the yes. two find and meet each other's needs so that they can become greater than the whole in this scenario X doesn't present the value that Y wants, which is major league baseball X being minor league baseball. So Y decides to enforce draconian laws on a group that has no recompense. And that's where, that's where we got into the discussion last week about getting rid of the damn damn I'll say damn, fine. Sorry, kids out there. Damn <laughs> rules of of uh of the the trust that the the I'm sorry, the antitrust um uh exception that they have. And that that's gotta go away because like that opens up that doesn't like I said, the antitrust exemption, getting rid of it doesn't necessarily do anything tomorrow for you. But what it does is it allows for a scenario where in, for example, basketball, in basketball, you can go start a league tomorrow if you want. You can go start them. In fact, uh, uh, who's that? Who's that ball? What, what, what's this? What's that idiot's name? Uh, the one that has the three ball sons. Lons, Lonzo Balls. Oh, Lonzo Ball. There's discussion ball, that he may just start his own minor league basketball league, which would be a great idea. That, that's That'd be a fantastic idea. The D League's awesome, but having competition is an opportunity and an option for him. There is no option in baseball and that that's, that's sick and that's gross and I won't have it. Okay. So Matt, so Matt asked away, a question. Well, I, I'll jump in with an answer, man. Well, I also want to say one thing. I, I don't know what, I don't know what your objection has to do with hydroelectric power, but Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fear for the fish. I fear for the fish. The fish cannot okay. jump up those dams. Yeah, they true. need ladders. True. You got to give the fish a ladder. You give a fisherman, you know, a, a, a fishing pole, but you won't give the fish a ladder. Come on. Okay. Rich. Sorry, Rich. So, what say? No, no, you're fine. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the real issue is if, 
Major League Baseball had come into Minor League Baseball and basically said, um, "Here's the deal: we're buying you out. Um, here, you know, and here is you know the the contract terms in which we're doing that. And if you don't take it the buyout, you know, then we're we're just going to set up our own minor, like our own minor league teams that we own ourselves, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a lot more fair. But I mean, this is this is like here's a 56 page document. Here's a non-disclosure agreement. Here's an indemnification agreement. You can't sue us. You can't tell anyone what's in the contract. Uh, sign on the dotted line and hope that we don't screw you. And yes, I just said screw you a lot to go along with Abe's damn. Um, you got to make sure that everything's <laughs> screwed really, really tight and and, uh-huh. and it's firm and, you don't, and yeah, isn't you don't gonna fall apart. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely PG thirteen. Yeah, we just now. switched that rating to PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. See, that's the thing though. They, they, they. That that's where you lose me because they weren't they didn't they didn't need to go in and make an agreement. The agreement was ending. They were coming to the conclusion of a of a of a, of a contract mm-hmm. with MILB, and mm-hmm. they said, "Look, here's how we want to proceed in the future." And they tried to work with MILB, and MILB said, "No, no, you can't do that, and we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that." So they didn't reach an agreement. So at the end of the agreement, there's no more agreement. And so they just said, okay, we're going to start dealing with the teams individually. And they sent out offers. And the, the right. teams individually are free to walk away and not, not deal with them. But there is no existing agreement with minor league baseball anymore. It does not exist. It ended. It did, it's not that they had went and said, we're going to buy you out. They didn't need to. The contract right. expired. I'm, I'm not saying that they were legally obligated. What I'm saying is that they um... – Showed everyone who they were, which is a bunch of completely amoral uh, Jack, uh, you know, Jack Buckos who um, would would sell you down the river for for two nickels that they could rub together. Well, this is America. That's American capitalism. It's not. We finest. just no, dude. We no, just not. established exactly in market. No. no, 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 no. That there is, yeah. there is, there's greediness. That is a Ferengi rule. I think it's twenty nine. You know, greed is, or was that Gordon Gecko? I forget. Um, no, there, there is a certain greed aspect, but that permeates any economic system. What do you, what is, what is the old saying? Capitalism is the worst system of economy that has ever been invented until you compare it against every other system in the world. So that when you take a look at a, a free, you know, market capitalism with some regulation some regulation, right? Um, to make sure people are playing by the rules, make sure things are working right. You don't end up in a scenario again where you have Major League Baseball. I had that X and Y scenario, right? And the Y has so much power over X, it becomes a feudalism. It's feudalism is what we're running into right now. Okay, so kill the exemption agreement. That's fine. Yes, that's what I've been still going to continue along this path. If my they have, they have every right to. If my desk weren't glass, I'd pound my fist on my desk right now. Uh, by, by the way, it's you're, you're talking about uh, rule of acquisition number ten. Greed is eternal. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay, okay. Go. I got there that in go. Gordon Gecko's rules. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. My my point is 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 this still would have happened exemption agreement or not they 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 would just say you know the, the 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 agreement ended they wanted to make changes and get more efficient franchising they, they right franchising doesn't work like this franchising like i go back to the kfc 
metaphor. It doesn't operate in a it doesn't operate in a form where McDonald's tells all of their franchises, we're going to squeeze you for every last dollar. No, this is a mutually beneficial uh, agreement that we have. And we want you to flourish. We want you, the franchise who owns Lake Forest Park in Washington State, we want you to be able to manage in Washington, in Lake Forest Park in Washington State. And we want to make sure that your neighbor in Shortline does the same thing. Your neighbor in Seattle does the same thing. We, we don't want to say Lake Forest Park, McDonald's, take our deal or we're shutting you down. And then we'll just go with, uh, the, you know, somebody in Spokane. Actually, they do do that from time to time and franchises and companies restructure and they have to shut down when they run out of money and, and, and fold, they have to fold franchises and shut them down. It happens. Uh, so not in deference of geography. No, absolutely not. Not in deference of geography. That does not happen. You you don't shut down a franchise in a fricking geographical location in deference to a different franchise, uh, opportunity in the same exact geography. There's also the point you're missing, which is the contract was dead. The contract had expired at the end of that contract. Okay. Yep. At the end of that contract on September 30th, 2020, on, on, um, so the next day, so on the, whatever, October you know, the first, uh, October the first, 2020, ba- major league baseball would have been absolutely within their rights legally to completely set up their own entire individual major minor league teams and minor league systems, brand new across the country, anywhere they wanted, as long as they worked out deals with local municipalities. Um, and just completely have ignored minor league baseball as an affiliation completely from that point on. Yeah, okay, fine. The contract, away. fine. The contracts, the contracts dying, but there isn't, you're missing my point. You tell me I'm missing my, I'm missing the point in that the contract ends. You're missing my point. You won't address the situation where I'm talking about I, geography, where I communities to, die. Matthew Page. I hate to say this. I agree with Abraham. So let's sum up our wow. final thoughts Ooh, about this. I must and pain we'll, you. And we'll, and we'll move on to football, but let's finish up here. We got two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. Um, two minutes. Abraham, you're wrong. And uh, that's that's my conclusion. Abraham, I'm on your side, boss man. Not just because you're my boss. Oh, he's sucking up. That's what he's doing. No, no. Any, any, uh, <laughs> I'll jump in here. <laughs> any business that hides behind an NDA is a scuzzy business. Oh, I agree on the on that with the with, the, with your point. Um, with the, and uh, and I don't know. Like I've heard about all this money that Major League Baseball is going to save. I I think this is a a classic case of being penny wise and pound foolish. Uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of these baseball teams are going to die. And it's, I mean, minor league baseball and minor league baseball towns are a lot of major league baseball's viewing public. Those people travel to the nearest major league baseball city a couple times a year. They watch baseball. They actually watch baseball. Nobody watches baseball on TV, but they, those folks that have minor league teams typically have good viewership. And you're going to alienate all these places. And I just don't know that they're going to actually save the money that they think they're going to save in the long run. 
Fair enough. I do have one last question for it, pertaining to minor league baseball. I'm just kind of curious. Everett Aqua Sox are going to be playing the full season at high A. Do we see success there? I mean, they're going to be playing a lot of day games. Funko Field needs lots of renovations. Is there success? I mean, is there possibility there to this for this to be success for Everett? Thoughts, anyone? I'll go first. Uh, you have higher, you have better, more talented players for a team that's right down the road. This is going to be a success. April and May games are going to suck, and people won't <laughs> go. It's fine. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> But the attendance that's going to boost in the in the uh, two or three months that Seattle the Seattle area actually has nice we- nice weather it's going to boom. When you got guys like uh, I mean like guys like uh, Jared Kellenick might have started off here, you know, guys like uh, that um, rather than twenty fifth and twenty seventh round picks. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm 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 super excited for for the for the folks in Everett and the and the surrounding areas that get to watch, uh, just yeah, better a lot better baseball. Also, uh, I just really hope they schedule a bunch of day games more than just like the uh, one thing that's super annoyed me for 15 years, 20 years with the Mariners is they have like one you know day game every two months other than the Sunday afternoon game as they head out <laughs> of town on a road trip, and, and they just. Baseball was meant to be played at the day. Yes, I know modern things and lights and everything else, but just you know, th- throw you know, throw us a bone. Some of us would like to to I take agree. a day off of work, take our kid to the ball game, and just an enjoy an afternoon watching you know you know a pitcher's duel or a, or a slugfest or whatnot. I mean, that's nothing better than that. So I, I hope that they can do that uh, up in Everett <clears throat> at least. I hope so too. How about you, Matt? You got final words? Uh, yeah, no, in regards to uh, yeah, Everett, it's going to be great for Everett. Uh, more games, more people coming to games. I can, you know, economically, it will help the, the, the town. Obviously, I think they're going to make good more money. Um, uh, you know, they'll, they'll put some money into that ballpark and, and, and maybe build a clubhouse, uh, probably in the parking lot of the existing office out there by Center Field, um, build a clubhouse for the team. Um, but uh, uh, no, I love it. I think it's great. Um, I am I am very excited about it, and I'm hoping to see Noelva Marte and Julio uh, Rodriguez next week, next year, um, in that in that uh, that uh, that outfield. Hey Matt, quick question for you: where Where do we have Where do the Seattle Mariners have their affiliates now um, with this change? With the change, we we yeah. have it starts in Modesto. No, it starts in Peoria, rookie. Well, okay, yeah, there's there is a Peoria rookie. Uh, <clears> slash <throat> I've got Matt training. on a nitpicky fact. Yeah. Okay. Oh my yes. goodness. <laughs> but in terms of real legit miners, it starts in Modesto. Okay. And then it goes then it goes through Everett. Then it goes to Arkansas. The Arkansas Travelers. Are those the that, that's, the, that's the double A team? Okay, that's the double A team, and then it comes back to Tacoma Rainiers and Triple A, and then obviously it's Seattle. Double so A we have Double A is probably the best minor league level, like to be honest. But yeah, ever going from well, the jump, ever going from to high A yeah. to double A is the biggest. Yeah, but the jump from sing, short season single to to high A is pretty huge too, isn't it? It's not as big. But it's big. But it is big. It is big. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see some. We'll see plenty of guys. We, um, you know, 
in the past we had we had been skipped like uh what logan gilbert didn't even play didn't even put on a uh a, a, a aqua socks uniform because yep. he had mono or something like yep. that but right uh, but like we only saw kyle lewis um, for like two games <laughs> yeah we saw george kirby for like two games because they he'd pitched in the the uh the playoffs for college um you know so we we, we won't get that situation they won't be able to jump past us they won't because they'll they have to go to double a start in double a no so we'll hit we'll be a stopping mm-hmm. point for most of a full season for pretty much every big prospect so we'll get to see some great people and maybe and maybe we will see the their names on the actual jerseys in practice. So. Oh, the be benefit nice. for Seattle Sports Union. <laughs> that would be nice. Players more. <laughs> yes, that is a concern. We'll get to know the players more as SSU will be able to cover offer better coverage because we'll get to know. We'll actually get the chance to to, to really get to know the players. I might be allowed exactly. to interview a Kyle Lewis instead of yes, being told. First round pick, you can't. Well, you 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 do look shady. You're a shady individual. You, you, you are shady, but m- m- let's move on to some <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Hey, hey, Brian, uh, Brian, sorry to jump in. Do you do you want to do a, a quick plug for the the documentary as well before we move on to football, since ah, it is yes, baseball related? Absolutely. Good point. I would lo- I would love to do a quick plug. Thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, a few weeks ago, we produced our actual documentary. We went out and talked to all our Teams that we cover, like the Everett Aqua Sox, Bell- Bellingham Bells, uh, Washington State Football, et cetera, Hydroplane. And we, we talked to them, the players and front office, in regards to the pandemic and how it's affected them. And, and it's pretty much a lo- lot of g- good information there. We could have made a miniseries out of it. Long story short, pl- uh, please go to our YouTube page. I mean, go, go to my Facebook page. It's on there. I mean... It's 45 minutes, and it's actually informative and entertaining video, so that would mean a lot to us. I heard there's a handsome fellow hosting that that uh, all the ladies just go, ooh, 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 for. (laughs) Just don't tell my wife that, but yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oh, well, your wife is the one that told – your wife is the one that told me that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> the part where he sits all sad faced in the uh, in the in, in his his season ticket spot at, at Funko Field. Your wife I, might not have. I give you guys- your wife not may not have said ooh ooh ooh. She might have said ugh. And I give you guys crap for sitting <laughs> on the dugout seats, but that's another story we'll talk about. Um, we have you know, our. You, you set the legitimate fear of God in us. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. Moving on, we have our Chelsea expert waiting in the wings, SoCal Rob English. Are you out there, buddy? SoCal Rob, can you hear us? You on mute? Well, wh- here I am. There he is. Hey, there he is. How are you, Rob? How you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. The IT guy was having a little trouble with his uh, with his uh, smart device. Uh oh. But I'm doing hey. all right, guys. How you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Thank you. Um, um, by the way, by the way, just real quick, the documentary was phenomenal. I watched it myself, and I thought it was, uh, I, I mean, absolutely just just great material there. I loved how you guys captured the, you know, the, um, you know, the feelings and the, uh, and everything from from those you know, those local sports teams. That was really awesome. I enjoyed it a lot. Much yeah, we, we want to. I want to give a, a shout out to uh, John Rainwaters who helped us with editing and and composing that for us. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty good. And then you're you're right, Rob, because like it, everybody thinks that 
it's athletes at the highest level making millions upon millions of dollars who were impacted by COVID. But there's there's the little guy. I mean, you know, there's uh, there's our friend Brent Hall who rides hydro who drives hydroplanes in races and first uh, African American to do that. You know, at the uh, um, uh, bumper shoot, right? Not bumper shoot. Sorry. Uh, what's what's the summer festival? Seafair. Seafair, Seafair. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, there. Sorry, but there's uh, the head coach of Eastern Washington University. Um, you know who they're just trying to survive and like, yeah, these are people that are impacted that everybody thinks athletes are so, you know, entitled and they have so much money and who cares about them? Yeah. It's not just them. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we got, you know, I mean, Stephanie Morell, general manager of the Bellingham bells. I mean, that pretty much took her out of an entire summer of a job, but, She's going on strong. I mean, sure. doing the best she can. Yep. And that filters down to people who do concessions and, you know, the restaurants that are around the various minor league parks and stuff. And it filters down. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's talk Seahawks guys. Um, well, they won last week, 20 to 15 over Washington. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say they're, I want to say their old name, but that's besides the point. But first impressions, let's start with SoCal Rob. Oh, man. Um, it was it was three quarters of bliss and just, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Pleasantville. I mean, it was it was uh, um, Graceland. It was all of those things. It was just uh, this is the, oh, like here we are. There they are. There's the Seahawks. And then and then the fourth quarter happened. And, uh, you know, we it, it's not unlike what we've seen in the past, but it. it it unfortunately to me did not look like it was, you know, a situation where we were playing off and they were getting some garbage time points. It looked like they had maybe figured out where you figured us out a little bit. And it had, if that game had too many more minutes left in it, we may have ended up uh, having a different conversation here at this moment. So, um, uh, but you know, we, we, we laid it on them, um, uh, really hard in the, in the first three quarters of the game, which was very good to see great, um, uh, uh, running the football, uh, Carson ran well, Carlos Hyde with this big run was amazing. Um, uh, and we got to see him guys, you know, what? you know what I'm going to say? He was on the field. He was on the field. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't do a whole lot, but he was on the field. Matter of fact, uh, 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 a big play for Russell Wilson. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It was because of Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny came oh. on the field. They saw oh. the number. They saw him back there and they were looking at him. And Russell Wilson was able to uh, play off that fake and run the football ball with a 38-yard scramble down the field. So, I mean, j- just with Rashad Penny getting back on the field, great things are happening. Uh, so, uh, okay. uh, uh, Seattle Sports Union. So, so uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, hey, I've been telling you guys that the kid is back and we're about to see some good things happen. But, uh, yeah, it was a great – a, a win is a win is a win. And we, can, we keep saying that. And as long as we keep winning, 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 you know, we'll, we'll keep having happier conversations. <laughs> well said rich were you able to catch a game in utah yeah i watched uh almost all of it um i was i have to echo uh, rob's sentiments here though um I'll, I'll tell you what i'm i am really starting to worry about uh russell wilson here this the second half of the season um it's just not not the same and i don't know if it's a 
a physical thing that he's got an injury that, I mean, everyone's hurt at this point of the year. I mean, everyone's not in their, their best shape, but he's just not been the same explosive passer that he was in the first half of the season. And, um, this was by far his worst output on yards per pass on a total yardage. Um, he just did not look, did not look good. I'd like to respond to that. Um, so I, I had, I ran the gamut and everybody knows I'm hypercritical about everything. You know, the Seahawks, uh, the way Matt doesn't understand baseball, the way Rob English looks and the way that Rich doesn't listen to me. You know, I mean, there's everything. It's, 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 it's nothing but criticism from me. And I understand that like the first thing I wanted to do was tear into Russell Wilson, but I don't think I can do that because I think in my heart of hearts and just what my eyeballs tell me that Schottenheimer shut him down. I don't think this is a Russell Wilson thing. I think he was told hand the ball off that pass rush from the Redskins or Washington, uh, W's, um, that team likes to kill the quarterback. Why, why go drop back? seven, eight, 10 steps when you can just run right at Chase Young. You can run right at, you know, uh, uh, Montez, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sweat. Thank you. I keep thinking Keith Sweat, but it's a singer. Um, but <laughs> run, run it, run at them because they're pass rush guys. And I, Rich, I can't agree with you. I don't think it was that Russell Wilson was off. I think that was the game plan was to run right down their throats. Do you think that it was that the, 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 the shift in our offense over the last couple of games and the, you know, the, the, the cooling off of, of Russell is a choice by the coordinator and that maybe because it was the reason why Russ was having to perform at such levels and doing throwing so much was because we, we had injuries to the running backs. And so, now that they're back, there's a natural tendency to shift back to the running first offense that we've come to know and, and love. I think I think there, if I could jump in, I, I think there might be some amount of truth to that. Um, but I mean, it, if when I look at the game and I look at the previous you know, games leading up to this, um, I think of it as this. I mean, we were going up against a why I almost did it too. I almost said the other word. Um, <laughs> we going up against a, a Washington defense that has been. I mean, if they're if you're going to talk about Washington for anything, it's about that pass rush. Um, so to your point, um, you know why put Russell in harm's way? Maybe maybe they found something in the film that said, hey, look we can attack this front seven with the run because they are so hard on the pass rush that there's going to be running lanes open. And Russell took advantage of the running lanes um, often. I mean, what did Russell have, like 50-something yards rushing uh, on, on six attempts? I mean, it was I – mean, we rushed the ball for over uh, 180 yards on the day. I mean, that's, that's, that's a great day running the football. So maybe, we, maybe there was something that was just seen – um, and and uh, and we just capitalized on it. And and, and the win win there is that we didn't have to have Russell in harm's way. Uh, this is what the second game in a row now, I believe, that we uh, that Russell hasn't taken a sack. I mean, we that that's the way you want to play football when the, the, the guy who is going to get you to the promised land 
Um, you need to keep him clean heading into the playoffs. It's this time of the year. You don't want Russell taking big hits. So um, it, it makes sense if you think about it like that. Now, my, my, that might be a homer attitude about it, but I'll take it. Oh, well, good point. Abraham, counter? Oh, no, I'm agree- I am I agree with Rob on that one. I mean, it's, it's that's what Schottenheimer saw, and that's what we went with. I don't think it's a bad game by Russell, just the right way to attack their defense. That's very well, rarely that you agree with Rob, by the way. I, I, well, technically, I, I he agreed with me. Hang on. on technically, Rob no, agreed with me. First there of was all. No, there was no... There was no zip in the passing game. Like, I mean, unless he was literally ordered, do not throw the ball farther than five yards downfield the entire game, or I'm going to sit you on the bench, which, I mean, like Russell Wilson is, what, the leading contender for MVP, second leading contender, third? I mean, not anymore, but but Rich, but Rich, I think. I think he was ordered, not ordered. You don't tell a $35 million a year man what to do. But, I mean, you do game plan, right? You do say. But it's not a good game plan. Like, I get it. Like, pound the ball. What do you want? you got to win. What do you, like, what else do you want? Hey, first of all, yeah, win on the road against a tough defensive front is good. That, That is just fine. It's 121 yards passing, guys. It's 121 yeah. yards passing. I, 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 and I get where you're coming from there. I, don't know, I look at it like this. Um, if we really look at it on the grander scale, Russell Wilson tossing the football for, for, for league-leading amount of, uh, of, of passing yards and touchdowns really is still not the norm, right? This 18 for 27, 120 yards and a touchdown or two is more Russell Wilson than what we've been seeing more recently this, this this recent thing is johnny come lately for russell we all knew he had the ability to do it but this is johnny come lately for russell wilson over this past decade he's he's been the guy who does just enough to get you there he makes the right decision he plays smart he doesn't take big hits he doesn't throw the ball to the other team but he's not going to go out there and throw for 350 yards regularly that th- this is russell wilson football this this MVP type of stuff, this is brand new in my in my opinion. I mean, he didn't have a terrible day. His, his yards weren't high. And we did take those shots downfield. We took one down there to Metcalf when he when he pulled it. He had a little tweak to his hamstring, didn't get that one. We took the one down the shot down there to Swain that he caught but had his foot out of bounds. We took a few shots. Uh, we didn't we didn't capitalize on them this uh, on this past week like we have been recently. But the shots were taken, and if if you get let me take those two catches, uh, those two attempts, if we made those made those catches, his yards jump up considerably. So um, I, I don't know if if this is necessarily a problem with Russell. It is disconcerting just because we've seen such greatness and we want it to continue. But um, I, I think I think it's probably more game plan than anything. I don't think anything's wrong with Russell. Abraham wants to know, it seems like we're going back to the 2012 offense, all run and timely passing. Is you guys think this is going to lead us to the promised land, which means the Super Bowl? I asked the question, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. See, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it was only a few weeks ago that we were asking the same question about whether or not what we were doing was going to get us to the Super Bowl. And there was much there was a, it was a much darker conversation. Uh, so I'm very, I am a little surprised to hear Mr. Deweese just answer that question so quickly in the positive. Well, we lost to the Giants, <laughs> and I thought the Giants were 
I had this all backwards, guys. I'm going to admit this. I thought we were going to club the Giants and lose to the Washington team. So I'm a little confused how this happened. <laughs> like, well, I'm going to stand on my soapbox and say, I told you so. <laughs> well said. Enter, enter, enter. <laughs> very nice very nice <laughs> Matthew because Page. I did indeed tell you so <laughs> Matthew Page what are your thoughts uh, about the return to, to, to run and, and timely passing um, yep. I, I think I think that's the way we win not, not the high flying offense we had earlier this season I think we win this way I think it's it, it's never pretty it's, you know, yeah, it leads to some close games, but that's Russell's game. Like, like, like Rob was saying, it, it, you know, it's, it's running, it's being that dangerous and running. He's never going to throw, you know, he's never going to be Matt Ryan and throw 400 yards and not produce anything. I mean, you, you, can, you, can, <laughs> you can have quarterbacks who will throw for 400 yards and you lose the game by 30 points. You know, it, it, it's possible to do that. Um, he wins and, and it's rushing. And we've got we've got two we've got two running backs. Supposedly we have a third. I did see him on the field. I have to confirm. I had to reach reach for my uh, my phone and, and and try and remember who number twenty was because I haven't seen him in a year and a half. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, CJ Rashad was it CJ Procise? No, oh, Rashad Penny okay. legitimately showed up on the field. That, that is true. <laughs> that is a fact. That is a fact. Uh, and and uh, so you know we have we have. We supposedly have a three three headed rushing attack again, and uh, you know we have a we have a quarterback with that's mobile with legs that threatens and runs for you know thirty to fifty yards a game, and and that's the way we win. That's the that's the way we've always won with Russell, and that's true to our identity. Um, I have no problem with it. I do want to say this. I don't mind. I don't mind if we go back to a passing offense in bursts, right? Like just to throw other teams off. I mean, like that's, I think, I think there's still, you know, relevancy in that. We don't have to have this slavish devotion to just ground and pound, ground and pound 1996 Nebraska Cornhusker offense. I don't, I don't. Well, yeah, you take, you take what the defense will give you. And if exactly, they're giving you exactly. a 50 yard pass, keep doing it. Yeah. I yeah, understand I, that. But in general. Yeah, I, 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 and I'll piggyback on Abraham, and I was actually going to, um, you know, support uh, Mr. Michelson as well. I, I, I think that, uh, I, I hope anyway that getting back to this running attack. I mean, as we close out the season, we, we take on um, the Jets, we take on uh, uh, the the football team, uh, we take on now next week, uh, or we have this week against the Rams, and then we close out against what the Niners. Um, yeah. I think uh, a, a strong running game um, is going to be uh, instrumental in these games heading into the playoffs. And I think if you if we go into the playoffs with that run game looking real strong, you might just go ahead and come with that haymaker you didn't they, that the teams weren't expecting with the deep balls coming back in the play and come playoff time. You know, it's I mean because football you can only do one thing you can you only run it or you can pass it. You know what I mean? So. Um, you know, teams are going to start, okay, King, Chris Carson is running for five yards to carry. Uh, Carlos Hyde is breaking 50 yard, you know, um, uh, uh, runs down the field. Rashad Penny is, um, you know, uh, Superman. He's Superman guys. So, um, Oh my God. The guy ran for like six yards. Let's not. 
anoint him. Headed rushing monster headed into the postseason. Um, you're gonna have to commit guys to the box. Russell's gonna turn it on again, and you'll see that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with Russell, uh, Shoddy, and and Pete Carroll, and um, these guys just do what they've been doing uh, for the last so many years, which is uh, you know gaming these guys up, and uh, we'll see them in February. <clears throat> right on, DJ Reed, our awesome cornerback that we got off waivers from San Francisco, had a kick-ass game last week, and now Dunbar is out for the year. Are we okay with Reed's, you know, starting the rest of the year? I mean, Pete Carroll seems to be confident in him. Who cares to go first? Or who wants um, to go first? I've, I've been singing his praises. I, I, I'll go first. I, I, I'm very confident with him. I like what I see from him. Uh, he recovered a fumble in this game, too. Uh, he's he's just always seems to be around the ball. He's he's. Uh, I, I like what I see from him. I think he's good. I'm cool with it. I feel like... Matt and I argued what college he's from. That we did. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. <laughs> um, played for Fresno State. Uh, I thought he played for Kansas. He did. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. We, we played for both. We're just gonna keep doing this every week. But anyway, yeah, the point is, um, yeah. So what a pickup because whatever Quentin Denbar is dealing with like injury wise and then whatever his off field uh, situation is. Um, it's not what we didn't get the bill of goods that we were asking for. And DJ Reed seems like, uh, he seems like a huge upgrade. And I realize he's not the Pete Carroll guy. He's not a six foot three wingspan of a seven forty seven type guy. But that's okay. I mean, because what I saw the last couple of weeks, last three or four weeks, to be honest, all he does is hold his own. So I'm down with that. Yeah. I um, have to go ahead and say, um, you guys may remember that I was not necessarily down on DJ Reed, but I wasn't as high as the rest of you Yahoos were. Um, but, uh, I have to, I have to, um, I have to, you know, belay my last statements. Um, DJ Reed has played, he played very well, um, on Sunday, uh, a couple of, I think one of the past defenses that, that I saw him where he, he laid out to knock a ball away. I mean, was just, I mean, I mean, he was covering these receivers. I mean, he was on them blanketed, um, and the interception that he had, for a for a very brief second, I had to remind myself that that wasn't Earl Thomas the way he where he came out of you know came out of uh, uh, I think it came from more center field um, to that uh, offensive left side to uh, to snatch that ball out of the air um, or on the left hash I believe was right around that area. But I mean the way he came into the picture and just snatched that ball out of there, I was like number twenty nine. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, that's not <laughs> Earl Thomas. Um, I mean he he looked good. He was everywhere he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. Um, I, you know, I, I still don't want to, you know, I don't know if I'm going to name my firstborn son after him, but, um, <laughs> but, but he played very well and I do stand corrected on, you know, on, on this kid's ability. He he's out there playing good football. If I can respond to I, Rob for just a quick second, I just want to say that field goals, uh, great website. Um, they did a breakdown of that interception, Rob, and they kind of compared against, uh, Trey Flowers and some other cornerbacks. Um, DJ Reed basically played his zone the way that it was designed. And that's like the fundamental difference between him and the other 
Wow. Cornerbacks we've had like Dunbar and uh, um, Dunbar and Fla- Trey Flowers. Flowers the, sucks. But anyway, uh, well, I don't know. If Flowers sucks. I, I just want to throw this out there. I don't know if he sucks. I just don't think he's a cornerback. You guys remember when he was drafted? He was a freaking safety, and I feel like if I can think about this in retrospect, I don't think he's a cornerback. Is that following the coaches? Is that I do. The coaches I, I, it's Pete Carroll and his, I'm going to convert these defensive linemen to be offensive linemen and safeties. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think Hugo Amadi could be used as cornerback, to be honest. I don't think Hugo Amadi, like, he's a great nickelback. I like him. I think he could be a cornerback. I don't know why he's stuck in the nickelback scenario. Uh, just want to give you guys a quick uh, rundown here. This isn't going to be you telling me he's an Oregon duck, is it? No, the, per- the, the yeah, okay. I'm going to tell you the PFF, the, the current PFF rankings, uh, uh, grades, uh, as the season goes right now. Uh, to give you a comparison, Shaquille Griffin is rated a 69.0. He's 30th in the in the league. Middle, uh, middle of the Reed, pack, basically. DJ Reed is, gets a 72.8. He's 19th. Wow. Uh, Trey Whoa. Flowers... Trey Flowers was a 54, 85th overall. And Amadi, you were just mentioning, uh, is uh, 67.3, 41st right now. Wow. Not bad. Um, and they have him, and they have Amadi listed as a cornerback here. Um, although I've seen him playing safety, I've seen him everywhere. I've seen him, yeah. Where does our boy Dunbar fit? Oh, Dunbar. Is he not even, is he not even on the list? He has not Dunbar been good. Dunbar is 47.7, 111th. Ooh. Out of 124. He has not been good this year. No, he's I was going to say, what I was going to say is, um, I have not watched as much uh, Seahawks football as the rest of you have. With that being said, there were moments and, and a few games earlier in the season where I actually thought, like, he was the best defensive back we had. Um, and, and he's probably the most. He's, I mean, he's he's obviously not as good as DJ Reed. I mean, DJ Reed has come in and played his tail off. No, I I'll, was... I'll say this, Rich. Uh, he's probably the most physically gifted. Mm-hmm. But you're right. DJ Reed has outperformed him. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, hopefully this is a... You know, good portent. He's he's he's. Uh, it's a good a feel good story. I hope he keeps on uh, keeps on keeping on. And um, yeah, I was gonna say that I thought in the game. You know, watching the game last week, uh, my comments on DJ Reed was that he was always in the right position. Right. He he seemed to like he just seems like he's a smarter player than the other defensive backs we have. Like, you know, the, people talk about that, but like his positioning was always spot on. His reading of the offensive plays as they were developing was always spot on. Um, he wasn't giving his footwork was just really good. And then, of course, his physicality, you know, to lay out. Um, yeah. And that's and, and that's what you need in the cover three zone. Right. You need guys who are going to stay where they're supposed to be. Yep. Now, yep. hopefully, hopefully, all this talking up we're doing uh, next week, he, we go out there and he doesn't uh, bite on a double move or a, or a, or a, <laughs> or a middle uh, a middle uh, tight end, you know, oh, a, a in route or uh, you know, bite on a play action and give up something over the top. Rob, Rob he's not he's not going to Tedrick Thompson us. Don't worry about right. it. Right? Yeah, he didn't Tedrick Thompson us. You know. Wow. 
fight on the um, most on the most simplest play action <laughs> and just let his let the receiver go. Just oh my gosh. <laughs> so so I gotta I gotta jump in here with just just something that I just don't understand at the professional level. So way back in the day, and Abe knows this because um, I always got I always took this book over to his house and peppered him. It was by Bud Wilkinson. Oh, Those no. uninitiated. Bud Wilkinson was the head football coach at Oklahoma. Um, he, he ran a, a triple option offense there. Pre-Barry um, Switzer, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was a it was a pro set, actually, triple option. It was a little more uh, wide-open passing uh, offense as well. That's neither here nor there. But he wrote this, this series of books, one on offense, one on defense, one on special teams. And it was just fundamental, like, how do you play different positions and do basic things? Like, how do you tackle? How do you line up? You know, how do you not get... Um, you know, uh, called off sides, things like that. And then one of the things he talked about for defensive backs was you always keep the receiver inside of you and in front of you. <laughs> I just don't understand professional players, um, especially the quarterback position. Like the, the bites on double on double moves are, are are kind of pathetic sometimes. Yeah, but if you if it's a risk or reward scenario, Rich, why yeah. take a look at Deion Sanders, right? If you can get, if you can get a reward, that's a touchdown, right? Pick six. Mm -hmm. Aren't you going to take it? Because a pick six means more than three passes defended. Probably. I think you can take, you can take that mindset if your name happens to be Deion Sanders. Um, <laughs> because Deion Sanders Horror. has the ability to, you know, most 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 defensive backs, um, even at the NFL level, um, with regard to the receiver that they're that they're matched up against, if you take even one step in the wrong direction, he's gone. Deion Sanders had a unique ability, a, a, a physical ability to be able to make up ground on a receiver that was that was ahead of him. He would bait quarterbacks, even kind of like Richard Sherman did. Um, you know, bait quarterbacks into throwing the football because he would let them get a step or two. And while that ball was in the air, he would take up that ground and take the ball away from him before it got there. Um, not a lot of cornerbacks have that ability. Um, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think a lot of it now is also you do want to keep a receiver inside of you and in front of you. But you got guys like DeAndre Hopkins. You've got, you know, guys like, and even not even that good where, I mean, you could shade it. You could shade a receiver to the middle of the field. If he sticks his foot in the ground, he's got a slant and, and he's going to catch it. And you do that enough times, you, you allow an offense to what they call matriculate the ball downfield. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to take that risk to stop the play. I, I totally agree with you, Rob. I guess my moreover point is there are guys taking risks. They have no risks, no business taking, hmm. given the coverage that they're in. Sure. I mean, th these are times where... You know, it's man-to-man, -man, cover zero. They're they're 10 yards off the ball. They're not even, like, bumping the guys at the line. And the receiver puts his foot in the ground and just blows by them. And it, it's not even that good of a move. Sure. <laughs> anyway, that's just just my, my, my little uh, rant there. I so. Understood. Uh, before we talk about our next opponent, the Rams, Josh Gordon was back, and now he's not. Is his career over? And... Who the hell are we going to get for our fifth wide receiver? Well, he would have started. He would have been the yeah. third wide receiver, first of all. I know, I, I realize that, but the we have four wide question, receivers. The answer to your question is yes. 
<laughs> for, for career, okay, so who's going to be our fifth wide receiver then? I mean, he was on his, like, seventh chance at this point. He just point. wants I think, to I think smoke a little weed. Probably over. Let him smoke yeah. a little weed. Big deal. Yeah, but but first of all, that. First of all, that. Like, smoking a little <laughs> weed, big freaking deal. But second of all, I'm still confused, actually, um, at what actually happened. Because they didn't say that he was smoking weed yesterday. All they said was that he failed to meet some sort of criteria and didn't say when the offense was or what the offense was. Or what? They said, no, right, I'm literally, he's going to step on the field tomorrow. And nope, nope, he didn't meet the criteria all of a sudden. So I'm curious what actually happened. Does anybody have any? Yeah, so I I joke about this a little bit. Like, you know, it's just a little weed, whatever. But I mean, ultimately, uh, the dude has something going on. His brother committed suicide, I believe, earlier this year. And there is something deeply embedded in his personal life that's affecting impacting his ability to get back in you know and whether that's you know uh substance abuse whether that's you know personality conflicts whatever that is there's something really bad going on and i wish the nfl could like help people cope with this but it kind of seems like it's uh, it's the whole WWF, or I'm sorry, WWE scenario where they just basically say players are on their own. We're not going to help them. They either better show up or, sh- you know, ship up or ship out. And I don't think anybody's there to help Josh Gordon out right now. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he needs he needs some some help. I agree with that. And and I you know. Thing, Rob, Rob, you're right. Yeah, it's just weed. Who cares? But I mean, the rules are the rules, and they're holding everyone to it. So you know, you've well, got to make. You yeah, know, I mean, it's about an outdated rule too. In the NFL. it's I mean, it is outdated, but it is the current rule, and you've got to comply right. with the rules to play. Everyone yeah. else is. Absolutely, it is what it is. But, I, I just, I just wasn't sure. You know, what, what was this criteria he did not meet, and when when did it? I mean. if if it happened a long time ago, why are we only finding out about it now? Because this thing with his brother was some time ago, right? Yeah, it was, it was last September. Right, right. So, I mean, that, that's a long time. Why are we only finding out about it at the 11th hour when the guy is putting his shoulder pads on? Oh no, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't meet the criteria. Like that, that, that doesn't, that, that, that. Well, I, it might be a relapse um, of some sort. It'd be my guess. Test of some kind. Yeah. I'm also going to jump in here. I mean, I I understand suspending a player, not letting a player uh, play if they have some sort of thing going on, regardless of what, you know, what the rule violations are. And obviously different things are, you know, have different levels of severity. Right. Mm -hmm. But this guy is not, you know, does not have a, a, a felony charge pending. He's not accused of some sort of violent act. Antonio Brown. Um, sorry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it is exactly my point. I mean, this is this is a, a personal demons type situation, right? And so I don't understand why they won't let him go to work. Like he can't play. That's yeah. fine. Why can't he practice? What does practice like? What is there about practice that is like some whatever? That's the right? part that really I mean, bugs me, Rich. Is like. 
when, because uh, all of us, everybody on this effing call right now, and now all of you out there listening, you've had something go wrong in your life and personal life, right? And when you go to work, doesn't your work in a way, at least for me, the work kind of helps me forget about the crappy stuff that's going on outside. Right. Right. Like if you had a hardship going on in life and, and you weren't, and I wasn't allowed to go do my IT job because of my hardship in life, uh, that would just make my hardships that much harder. It almost, I feel like it, with Josh Gordon, and not that this is making an excuse for him, but this is almost perpetuating his, 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 his issue, you know? Sure. Um, you know, and so, um, you know, and that, again, it doesn't to make excuse for him because, you know, in the NFL, substance abuse, even the most innocent of, of you know, uh, of substances is a crime. If you're you do the crime, you got to do the time. And I get that concept. Um, but yeah, to your point, I, the guy should. OK, so you can't play fine. But can you go to the office? Can you study? Can you can you can you, uh, you know, be in meetings with your with your team? I mean, you got you got to be able to work. So I totally agree with you on that. And I mean, just just to follow up, but it's it's we, the NFL does not actually have an appropriate substance abuse policy for the thing that's abused the most, which is alcohol. What they have is a don't drink and drive policy. That's not even true, though, because Floyd Little got off with killing a family well, and still getting right. to play I in mean, the Super Bowl. Uh, yes, but my more to my point, it's not actually like, hey, these guys are drinking too much. We're going to suspend them. It's a... They are drinking too much and did something stupid and got caught. So then we're yeah. going to suspend them. It's not an actual, like, no one's actually monitoring the most abused drug, which is alcohol. That's, you know, that's being that's being used. No, they, so, let, they let that one slip, definitely. Well, yeah, yeah that, that's going to be because, you know, that's the whole spirit of the law, litter of the law, and, mm-hmm. and, and then it comes down to money. I mean, at this at this point in the world, yeah, alcohol, there's nothing in the world worse than alcohol. I mean, even more harder drugs, you could really have a decent argument about whether alcohol is worse because alcohol kills far more people, um, you know, um, and, and causes far more, you know, health issues. Um, but alcohol, I mean, where would we be in this country or even this world without alcohol? I mean, alcohol is a, is a, well, I'm on the, well, I'm on this podcast <laughs> drinking a beer. So yeah. um. I mean, alcohol yeah. and tobacco, uh, alcohol, tobacco and firearms. They have a whole, they have a whole uh, government agency named after it. I mean, those things, those things, um, uh, this, this country is largely built on the backs of those things, you know? So, um, I mean, you, you, you damn sure aren't going to, you know, down talk alcohol, you know, in the NFL, you know what I mean? Because that, that's, that's that what sell, what is more sold more at, at football games than alcohol, you know? So, um, that's so huge. It's, it's, that's huge, dude. Because like, they're going to say no to money. Is the NFL going to say no to money? Right. Right. But see, marijuana has not yet fully turned the corner as, as far as an accepted substance. Um, you know, it's still brand new when the whole with the holy legality thing, you know, and there's people out there still that who are hard against the legalization of marijuana, despite, you know, um, the, it's 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 many, um, you know, it's many charming qualities that we now know that it, that it has, um, you know, um, but you know, it, it's going to be years, maybe even maybe even a, another decade or two before, you know, these these crotchety old folks kind of, you know, move on and, and more um, enlightened. Um, you know, types move in and, and, you know, and, and make things, you know, a little more up to date. 
um, you know, we're going to be stuck with these outdated, um, obsolete, uh, you know, mindsets. And um, and 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 Josh Gordon's just a little too, a little too ahead of his time. I was going to jump in with the old fogies, but um, an old crotchety man. Uh, I think the question like ten minutes ago was, who's going to play uh, fifth wide receiver? Uh, we're not going to have a fifth wide receiver. I think we're going to have all of our tight ends active. We're going to do a lot of two and three tight end sets next week. Fair enough. Yes. Greg Olson. Greg, Ol- Greg Olson's coming back, so we'll... is he? nice to... he, he's oh, yeah. supposed to. What I read online tonight. So, oh, that's well, we great have, news. We have Disley. Yeah. We have uh, we have Hollister, who caught the only touchdown pass from Russell this past week. Um, and we've got Parkinson and then, yeah, we've, I mean, you know, it's threes and four go, uh, David Moore and Freddie Swain has been a, an, an absolute delight of surprise, uh, as our number four guy, he's been doing very well for us. So I think we're fine. And I, and I really want to talk about our next opponent real quick, but with all our injuries at running back this season, do we need to sign somebody to, to the practice squad for running back? Because now that da- uh, DJ Dallas might, now they're saying it's a, I think a sprained ankle or something, but I call bullshit. Pardon my language, but he had the air cast. How is that only a sprained ankle? I don't know. That's what I read online this tonight. So I, I think it was on the athletic, but you got him and Homer on the, and the, the injured reserve. It's I mean, but a scratch. What are you worried about? Should we worry or no? Well, his foot was dangling off his uh, bone, but that's fine. <laughs> just a flesh wound. Uh, bro, Don't need get a flesh the magic wound. spray out. I just remember last year we had a freaking Marshawn Lynch. Who I don't think we're made. as bad. Okay, I don't think we're as bad as last year because Penny is back and he's competent when healthy. But again, because I know Rob English is out there smiling. I can't see your face, and you're about a thousand miles away from me. But I know you're smiling and laughing at me right now. But I do have to say this. Uh, availability is a very, it's a very important ability. And that's something that Rashad Penny has not had. And if he can just be there for the next five, six games, whatever it takes to get to the Super Bowl, I'm willing to take it all back. But right now, he's looking like a CJ Pro size to me. And CJ Pro size immensely talented if we can get penny back hi if we can go penny hide and carson i'm cool dude i'm i'm cool with that let me counter or disagree before we move on to the next opponent i don't um, know what a is uh, i'm sorry sorry rich <laughs> oh no go, rob go oh no um, listen Chris Carson has been injured exactly as many times as Rashad Penny has, but you don't say none of this stuff about Chris Carson. So uh, I, I don't know what your problem is, man, but I'm telling you, me, me, and 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 uh, and um, uh, Rashad Penny are gonna pay you a visit one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, you know what the difference is? The, the difference is, is that when Carson is healthy, he plays and he actually shows up, and and it's and he makes a significant contribution. Yeah, and but he also but, hurries back from those injuries. And yeah, Penny but disappears for a year and a half. We've only been able to say that. Oh, we, we saw flashes from Rashad Penny, but he was hurt. He 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 would look good, but he got hurt. So we, I mean, what? Let's see what happens when he's on the field, and 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 you know, and, and go with that because Chris Carson had a broken leg, and then a and then a broken knee, and then you know, you know, but, but we, but yes, you're right. When he was in the field, he played well, but. 
Penny hasn't not played well when on the field. He's had a few uh, good games and a couple big plays when he was been healthy. So you'll see. You guys will be saying, Rob, you know, Rob, you're I, right. I, I Rob I'm going to help is... you. Rob, I'm going to help you. Okay. I'm going to help Rob with his own argument because he's not doing a good job. So <laughs> there is what's called the bigotry of low expectation, right? So with Chris Carson selected, what, seventh round out of Oklahoma State? Wasn't even the best running back on his team. Joe Mixon was, right? So I fall into that bigotry, right? It, it's a seventh round draft pick operating at a, you know, top five running back capacity. Whereas Rashad Penny is a first round draft pick operating like a seventh round pick. So I do fall into that. I do fall into that scenario. I, I admit that it's not necessarily his fault that he was drafted in the first round. Obviously I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But we all know that we were scratching our heads when, when Seattle drafted Rashad. Penny. <laughs> That's true. We were all like, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I knew, I knew who he was and I liked him. I'm like, that's great. I love him. But why did we pick him three? Why did we pick him? Right. And obviously me being down here in San Diego, I saw him run all over everybody. And yeah, uh, sure. San, San Diego, Diego state. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I don't – I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that if you gave me 100 tries, but i seen this kid just destroy oh, college football. So, yeah. um, all right, let's do it. <laughs> uh, I think I, I want to I say one thing. I think we're forgetting about the juggernaut that is on the roster that everyone's forgetting in terms of running back or at running position, mm. Nick Ballore. Oh, jeez. All right. You mean, pro bowler. Is, you mean pro bowler. You mean pro bowler. Pro Bowler Nick Bloor, first of He's all. Presence, okay? He's presence, okay? Special team. there. And he will always be there. It doesn't and matter. He only has one carry for five yards this season. But he's that's a, because he's ready to break out. But he is a Pro Bowler. Yeah. Special teams, though. He's averaging more yards per carry than Rashad Penny so far this year. <laughs> uh, always astute analysis there, Matt Page. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, to the I, I know we're going to move on to the Rams. Can I? Can I? I, I don't know. I, I, I there's something I'd like to see the offense do. Is that is that under the auspices of the uh, of the Rams scheme? Go, go ahead before I go to that. Yes, go ahead. Sure. So you know, with with Olson coming back, with you know, hopefully the running backs being able to, to pound the ball a little bit. Something I'd like to see the the Seahawks really do is just the the a, a classic rollout to the tight end like a run pass option where basically russell wilson puts a linebacker in no man's land like cover the cover the tight end or um come after me and whichever one you decision you make is wrong we saw that in uh, the first three games yeah but we haven't seen it since and um i i think that you know really using those tight ends um could help loosen up the the running lanes but also help the the rest of the receiving um game just you know get more of those intermediate uh you know length completions or those short passes that actually turn into intermediate length completions you know in that say 8 to 15 yard range so that's my that's my wish list for the next oh. game well said uh with, with that said we do play the rams this coming sunday the Rams are pissed off because they lost to the worst team in the league, the New York Jets. <laughs> I mean, I mean, several questions here. 
Rams have the number one offense, or I'm sorry, let me repeat that. They have the number one defense, and they did beat the Seahawks, even though they lost to the Jets. So what do we have to do different to beat the Rams this Sunday and win our division? Let's start with you, Rob. Well, I think it's obvious, isn't it? Uh, to beat the Rams for for a uh, for um, not well, we already clinched the playoffs, but to beat the Rams uh, for the division crown, obviously uh, we need clipboard Jesus uh, under center. I mean, um, <laughs> that's 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 the way that we do this. You know, we we, yep. we we play the Rams for all the marbles to go lead into the postseason, and we need um, Mr. Whitehurst to go out there and win the game for us, and then uh, <laughs> you know, and then Hasselbeck can come in and uh, you know and, and clean up for him uh, once we get to the postseason. <laughs> we, want, we want the ball because we're going to score. <laughs> you know that that is one of the best moments ever in the NFL. I think in NFL history, it really is. And it, it's, it's such a, it's such a shame that it had to be a negative for us because it's infamous and it, it it's. I mean, you, I, I don't know about you guys, but I remember exactly where I was. I was at my parents' house. I was sitting up in our uh, our great room, which is another name for a rec room. I don't know if they have great rooms in Washington State, but we're in the, up in the great room and I'm watching the big screen TV and it went, and I'm sitting there watching the game. It was a good game and I'm sitting there and then I can see a smirk on Matt Hasselbeck's face at the coin toss and I, and I, just, I get this weird feeling inside my body and uh, he says, we want the ball and we're going to score and my mouth dropped open because I knew that that was going to spell our demise in that game. I just knew it. I was like, why did you say that, Matt? I, 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 I had this premonition. I knew it was going to happen. And just a few plays later, Al Harris, um, you know, you know, it gives me what I already knew was coming. And, and uh, ugh, it's, it, it's, it's infamous, and, but it, it was memorable, I'll tell you that. I agree with you. I, first thing I thought to myself was, Oh, what? No, 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 no. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a kiss of death. And my God, what, you know, what the F were they thinking? And by the way, what the F were we thinking? Well, how long ago was it? When, when did we play the Rams? Does anybody remember? Anyway, it was, it was this year. Yeah. It was like three or four (laughs) weeks ago. Right. And Game nine, I think. Game nine, okay, yeah, and like, and does anybody remember uh, like who our running backs were at the time? I'll remind you, it was it was tap dancer Alex Collins himself who led the team in oh, yeah. rushing. We were not the same team then that we are now, right. and what we tried to do then did not work. There is no way you can throw zero passes to DK Metcalf when Jalen Ramsey's covering him. And I got to say, Schottenheimer, if I could grab him, if I could shake him like a British nanny and say, hey, throw the damn ball to DJ Metcalf, I would. Because I, I don't I don't care if Jalen Ramsey's on him. I know Jalen Ramsey is the number one, the best defensive back in, in this generation you got to do it. I got to take my six foot four, 230 pound, four, 240 receiver over him. And if, if we just sit there and continue to like pound the ball to a fifth string running back and, and not take the shots, we ain't going to win. 
And I know, and, and, and I know they got a great pass rush. I know they got great res- DBs, but we ain't going to win if we don't take a shot. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly the case. Uh, we also can't give up six sacks. Russell can't throw two picks. Um, you know, we 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 can't uh, we can't do any of those things. I don't believe that we will. Um, I think we really have settled into a groove um, uh, on the offensive line. I think you know, will Russell stay on his feet the whole game? Probably not. But um, I think we're going to find that uh, uh, you know we're able to avoid having one of those six sack games that uh, that were. You know, we had a, a few times this year already, uh, certainly in the Rams game. Um, I think the running game is going to be big in this game. Um, uh, like I said, the three-headed monster, fully healthy. I think we hit him, we hit him, pepper him them with runs up the middle and then and then letting somebody get outside, um, making those guys cheat up. I, I think we might get DK Metcalf uh, a ball or two, um, possibly over the top. Um, it's it, it, I, I think we really are coming into ourselves um, uh, what, what kind of football we're going to play. Um, and the defense, um, if they just keep on doing what they've been doing the last couple of weeks, the defense is not great. We know that I'm not letting myself get too high on the, on the, you know, better play that I've seen in the last couple of games or last few games, but, um, it, it's been workable. We have been doing this kind of playing this kind of defense all season long. We might be undefeated, you know, um, you know, so, uh, if we can just keep, keep treading water at the, at the level that we're at. Um, I, I don't see a reason why we can't go into this game and come out victorious. Do you think, real quick, before everybody else responds, do you think DK Metcalf's going to have more than two catches this game, like he did last time against the Rams? Definitely. To Abe's point, I think at this in this game, you put the ball up at him. You just put the ball up at him. Jalen Ramsey, or, or or if he's guarded by one of the Greek gods, put the ball up there and give him a chance to go up there and get it. Um, uh, you know that's what they didn't do. Um, you know we stayed away from him. I'm not sure why you want to do that, especially with what he did to uh, um, what's his name from um, uh, New England. Uh, you know, when, when he was able to do what he did against arguably the best corner in football there, you know, he was uh, defending a defensive MVP. Right. Um, yep. you know, so um, why we stayed away from him against the Rams, I'm not sure, but it probably had a lot to do with the fact that Russell had no time in the pocket. You know, maybe he didn't have enough time to really see him enough to get the ball to him. But um, I think this week you throw the ball up there. A, a, a deep, a deep interception is almost like a punt. Now it, it's, it's a punt that you you have to you punt prior to fourth down. But it's 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 a deep ball pick is not a big deal in, in my book. I've never had a problem with deep ball picks, assuming of course the cornerback doesn't take it back, you know, for considerable yardage. Um, right. uh, you know, so put the ball up. Let DK Metcalf go one on one with anybody out there, um, and uh, and and give him his shot. So yeah, I, I think he'll have more than two. Um, he might not, his catch to, uh, to targets, you know, ratio may be a little off, so he, but he, if he has five, six catches on 13 attempts, I'm okay with that. Fair so enough. 13, uh, targets. Yeah. I, I totally agree with Rob here. Um, I, I'd also like to see a little more route combination with Tyler Lockett with Metcalf as the decoy and Lockett over the top. You know, he still has that ability. Um, that would require a little creativity from our offensive staff, which does not fill me with a whole lot of um, optimism. Uh, but I, but I'd also like to see a little more creativity and, and customization of the running plays, especially. You know, way back in the day when we had Sean Alexander and Maurice Morris as the one-two punch for 
for the Seahawks. Obviously, Sean Alexander, you know, Hall of Famer uh, level, uh, you know, running back there. But when when Morris would get in the field, it was an entirely different package of plays. They didn't try to run, you know, the lead draw or the off tackle play like they would out of the eye formation for Morris because he was just a totally different running back. Instead, it was a bunch of, you know, trap draws and, um, you know, quick hitting running plays that were a lot better suited to him. And, um, you know, if we can do that, I think that even though the Rams have an excellent defense, you can still make headway against them. You have that with Justin Forsett and um, uh, Beastman as well. Yeah, I mean, you have one set of plays for one person who runs this way and another set for that way. I mean, it's no different than, you know, you don't, you know, you don't run the drag route with necessarily with uh, DK Metcalf very often. It's just not his, his thing, right? Yep. Um, but you know, the slant and the slant and go, and just, just the like go route down the line, you know, absolutely. Let's do it. Also, um, I'm going to bring up a, a point that Abe and I used to argue about. Um, the thing that always used to annoy me is that, uh, you know, Joe Montana and then after him, Steve Young would just throw the ball up to Jerry Rice in the end zone, right? Jerry Rice would run down the field and out jump and out fight the cornerback for the ball. And every single time the announcers would say, oh, what a fab, fab, tabulous throw by Montana. What a fabulous throw <laughs> by Young. What a great decision. Well, yeah, the great decision is throwing it to the greatest receiver who's ever lived because yep. he just wanted the ball more than anyone else he was ever up against. But it wasn't great quarterbacking. It wasn't a great throw. It was never a great throw. If it was a great throw, he wouldn't have had to like stop. Are we bringing up thirty-year? Are we bringing up thirty-year-old arguments? Are, are you complaining on this show that? that- are that two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time can't make a good throw? Is that no, what no. What I'm complaining Thank about you, is Matt. the praise Thank of you. the announcers. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's the praise of the announcers. Like, instead of, like, praising the, the, the wide receiver for outfighting two defensive backs and getting the ball, it was always that it was a great decision and a great throw. No, and it's not. You, it was a great decision and a great throw. It can be no, it was both. a great decision. It was a mediocre throw. No. You're worried I, about the effusive praise by by the thrower and not by the receiver. You're remembering history wrong is your problem. Uh, I think you're generalizing too much. Okay. On, you're generalizing like way to too see much here. That happened in this game, but to DK Metcalf. Okay. I totally agree with Rob. Throw the ball up there. Uh, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Final thoughts for Matthew Page before we do our shout outs and close it out the show. Okay. Uh, then my final shots, shot, my final uh, final notes are the fact that I want to read real quick uh, that the the Jets beat the Rams. Okay, and they were at the Rams' home. Okay, with the zombie corpse of Frank Gore at the rushing attack. We only ran for fifty nine yards. Okay, they had a, they had Sam Darnold, who is not really an NFL quarterback, throwing the ball. And he got 207 yards himself. Take that into account and realize that we have both the better better thrower and runner quarterback, and we have all of our running backs healthy. We have an absolute, really, really, really damn good chance to beat the uh, the Rams. I mean, if if the, if the Jets can do it, obviously we can do it. All right, I'll give my shout out. I'll give my shout out. Uh, my shout outs to all my friends, my family. 
and to all of you out there in the SSU universe. Um, I'm sorry it can't be there in person with you during the holidays due to the garbage that's going on in 2020 with the pandemic. Um, but just keep it in your hearts that I'm probably arguing with you somehow, even when I'm not there. <laughs> Rob English, what's your final thoughts? In the chat, plus plug your, your podcast, please. Absolutely. Yes, uh, please uh, catch uh, Short Yardage with SoCal Seahawk on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, what else? Um, Podbean. Um, and catch the link on SeattleSportsUnion.com. Um, final thoughts. Uh, Seattle comes out of this game uh, with a six-point victory. Um, uh, a, a close game, but uh, we'll close it out on we'll close it out on defense. Um, and I want to give a shout out. Let me give two shots out. One, because someone already mentioned, um, uh, I got to give a shout out to the New York Jets uh, for giving <laughs> us a Christmas present. Um, that was that was awesome. I was watching that game. I think you guys, one of you, one or a few of you guys, uh, re, you know, uh, reacted to my comments on Facebook about that Jets. Don't tease me. Don't tease me with you guys look like you're gonna beat the Rams, right? Just go ahead. If you're gonna lose, go ahead and lose. Don't tease me like this, taking it down to the wire. Um, so that's my one shout out. And my other shout out, I want to shout out uh, to Seattle Sports Union um, because I'm looking in my closet. Right, I'm actually, I'm actually in my closet right now. This is my studio um, <laughs> in my walk-in closet here, and I'm looking at my um, Christmas, my uh, my Christmas sweater that uh, that you guys sent me. Uh, was it this, last year or the year before? And I'm going to wear it to work tomorrow on Christmas Eve because I, I have to go to work. I'm going to sport um, Seattle Sports, support Seattle Sports Union, and sport my Seahawks Christmas sweater tomorrow. So nice. shout out to you guys for that. Right on. Rich. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to the National uh, Basketball Association. And my shout out is I, I'd like to thank them for ruining me as a fan of professional basketball in this country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to uh, to thank them for um, putting a product out there that's outstanding to watch, but I just don't care because I don't have a team to root for. <laughs> <laughs> and um, tonight was the, the opening night of, of NBA basketball. Uh, there was talk about possible expansion in the in the last couple of days, uh, you know, the Board of Governors and whatnot, but... You know, as much as I, God, I miss watching Sonics basketball, even if they sucked, even if they were great. Like, I just miss that. I miss, you know, the, the rivalry with Portland and, and kicking the Trailblazers' asses over and over. Oops, sorry. Over and over, and over again. Utah and but, Phoenix and all the West, yeah. And all the West. And it's just not the same, guys. I just don't care. I, it's just, you know, it's it's been more than 10 years, and... My, I didn't watch a single game of the playoffs this year. First time in my life I haven't watched uh, NBA playoffs at all. Not even the finals. So Man. shout out to the association. Great job, guys. Right on. <laughs> Matt, how about you? Uh, I just want to echo Abraham's comments about the holiday. Happy holidays to everyone. Uh, this COVID situation still sucks, but maybe next year we can all actually see our, be, and be with our loved ones uh, as I am forced to isolate quarantine from my own parents and family as well and uh i wish everyone uh, and everyone listening everyone on the call and everyone listening uh happy holidays i gotta i gotta give more shout out to i gotta i gotta shout out uh, to the wife here because she's dealing with me right now she's 
<laughs> through me right now, and um, yeah, I'm probably in for it. But she's but she's uh she's weathering the storm for me. So um, yeah, shout out to the wife uh, and Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, Rob. My quick, my quick shout outs is to Rob's wife. Thank you for putting <laughs> up with us. Being a trooper, yeah. And uh, <laughs> right on. And um, shout out to the seven Seahawks. I won't name their names who made the Pro Bowl, even though they're not going to have a Pro Bowl. And shout out to my wife. I was really sick back last spring, and I was in the hospital for a week, and she helped nurse me back to health. And shout out to Seattle Sports Union. Without this gig. I mean, life would be good, but not great. I mean, I know Matt and Abraham would disagree, but <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I do. What? I do Where did pre- that come I from? Pre- I do. I, 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 I appreciate you guys, and I pre- appreciate Rob, and appreciate Rich. But I just had to say that. So, anyways, happy holidays to you guys. So, thank you, Abraham. Yeah. No. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. I'll make it through the year. <laughs>